Hello, everyone. I've got Kathleen Fritz, the founder and CEO of Create and Builder. She's doing design thinking for kids, training educators to help kids learn this vitally important life skill as well as professional skills. So stick around. You don't want to miss this episode. Welcome to the Your Mark on the World show with your champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. This episode is made possible via the support of our sponsors, including Johnson & Johnson's Caring Crowd. Kathleen, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. We're thrilled to have you and grateful that you would take the time to be with us today. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got started with Create and Builder. Okay, it's, it's kind of a, a, a long, kind of circuitous story. Um, I actually was a professor at Savannah College of Art and Design, and I was doing some research on a triple bottom line project. So a project, um, you know, um, you know, purpose planning um, product kind of piece. And what we were looking at was how to how these grass mat weavers were working in the southern part of Tamil Nadu, India. So I went there and. I met these grass mat weavers and there's this little girl who's about 14 and she's about to come into the, the collective. And this collective was run by a group called Industry Crafts Foundation. And Industry Crafts Foundation works with different groups all over um, India and they help people to uh, develop their products for the middle class market that was emerging at the time in 2010. So they showed me how Young women start, you know, at the age of five, and they learn how to do different parts of sort of this grass mat weaving process. And we knew that the girls who were leaving at around 14 years of age would leave school at about that time, while the boys would go off to usually some sort of technical school. The women would, girls would come back home, and they would end up working with the collective. So this process had been done with Interface Floor um, in their European market. And what we found is that, you know, they were being sort of dictated those middle class designs that would appeal to that market instead of being able to sort of have more influence over the design work that they were doing. And I'm wondering, well, how do you get that 14 year old girl experience of something like the design thinking process, much like what National Institute of Design might have or what some other school like the European um, designers were bringing to the table. So how do I help like you know, this kid who doesn't have access to, you know, a higher level of education um, or the best of the universities or colleges? How do I connect them up with this kind of process? Well, it, it, it seems so vitally important because uh, design thinking isn't just a, a design skill. It, it's certainly a professional skill that can be applied in virtually any arena uh, enough so that we might reasonably describe it as a life skill, right? Definitely. What's great about the design thinking process is it really is giving kind of a workflow for how to solve a problem. I think what happens is that we might try to tackle problems or teach kids like, you know, you're going to read a book and then you're going to answer some questions and maybe you're going to experiment with something and that's how you solve a problem. Where that's not how we do things in the business world or on a day to day basis. So it kind of helps to give some some sort of logical kind of process for being able to pull something apart that might be really complex. 
It seems to me, though, the real challenge in reaching kids, at, at, certainly at any scale, is to teach the teachers how to do this. How have you been doing that? Well, that's a really good question. I think what happens is there's a lot of companies that kind of go after teaching the kids first. And so I found that, you know, the core problem that a teacher is trying to solve is how do I imbue some intelligence and learning and content into my students' experience so that way they can take that and bring it with them as they grow up and enter the working force. So with teachers, what I usually do is I help them to sort of solve their problem, which is lesson planning, which is kind of their big problem to pull apart. And I use that design thinking process and showing them how to actually redesign the way that they're actually teaching. How does the design thinking training change the way teachers teach everything? So what I do with, with the design thinking training for teachers is I, I help them to see that what they're currently doing in school is not that much different from kind of how we project manage like bigger projects. I mean, they're trying to sort of manage a lot of chaos most of the time, but they also have other people to answer to. They've got the principal or they have their team leader. So we look at sort of that group of people, team leaders, the school, parents, and students kind of as those end users and stakeholders, the same way we would think about design, um, whether we're designing for our clients. And by doing that, we're looking at helping teachers to pull apart when are they delivering content? I think one of the things that, that we do in the profession, like I come from a very strong background of project management. And so we learn how to take a big problem, break it down to sort of bite-sized pieces and a sequence of events to try and be able to tackle that. So I help teachers understand that they don't have to necessarily take all of their content and push it up front in what we call sort of a direct instruction, but like how can they actually take a big problem that maybe is based on their curriculum or based on student interests and be able to say like, hey, there's kind of like a way to sort of move through like three kind of significant phases as we're working through that problem. The way that I work on it is um, I use a lot of the basis for things from like IDEO or from Stanford D School where they have, they sort of came up with sort of the five kind of basic steps of uh, design thinking, which is empathize, define, ideate, prototype, and test. And so what I've done is I've kind of looked at that in education, what teachers are kind of doing is they still kind of are asking students, like, what's our big question? What are we investigating? And then usually students are making something on some level. Um, and same with design, like you're kind of making something. So we're going to test out and make something which might be a report or we might do a lab result, you know, just in kind of what they're used to doing. And then sharing, you know, typically the way that schools have been doing it is you know, we'll share out through having like a big event at the end of the semester where parents come and look at things or the students are taking a test. That's kind of how schools have been doing sort of education. So what I do is I look at instead of throwing all of that knowledge up front and that ask component, it's what if knowledge was actually delivered on time? Um, what if students had to sort of understand how knowledge gets revealed by answering a really complex question? Um, and I, so I help them to take something that they're kind of already familiar with, that teachers are already familiar with, and I start scaffolding on the design thinking process within something that they're kind of used to doing. Um, so it starts creating this sort of 
shift as they start moving from like their big question being just the curriculum to their big question being like, you know, how do, you know, why would we want to colonize another planet? And that's like a good example that comes from one of my fourth grade um, groups in Atlanta. So instead of like their content was, you know, kids are going to learn about space, they're going to learn about um, the planets, they're going to learn about the solar system, and then at, in their social studies, they're going to be learning about um, the colonies and why the colonies were established. So one of the things the teachers kind of came up with is a driving question, which is a very big key sort of within that project-based learning design thinking um, pedagogy. Is like, oh, well, why would somebody want to colonize another planet? I mean, this is stuff that we're actually talking about today, um, dealing with you know either a lack of resources or the issues that we're going to be, might be dealing with in the Earth in literally the next 50 years. So you know things like Elon Musk are talking about these kinds of things. Why can't kids start being exploring that and understand sort of what would be the governmental structures and the societal structures that would have to be part of that, as well as what would be the technology and the science behind that? Yeah, fascinating. A very different way of thinking about how to tackle um, content. It really is. Well, Kathleen, what is the thing that you are most proud of having accomplished? I think the, the thing that I'm most proud of being able to accomplish is I think breaking down and, and being able to pull apart what really works for education. What I think is yeah, I kind of came to this like a lot of designers. I mean, my background actually is in psychology and special education from way back in the day. And I worked in community mental health. And, I, and then I worked and I went back to school and got my master's in interior architecture. And having those kind of two pieces, you know, both sort of a social side of things and then more of a design business side of things, you know, you start looking at you start coming to things like, oh, well, I'm just a designer. I'll just walk in and imbue all this design thinking upon a teacher and failed multiple times. Um, as I think, you know, like people will walk in and say, oh, I'll teach kids, I'll teach teachers design thinking. And they'll do this thing called the wallet project. And there's nothing wrong with the wallet project, but it doesn't actually teach teachers how to use the design thinking process and what they're actually doing. Um, it doesn't, there's no sort of transferability. So I think kind of cracking that nut and figuring out like, well, what does really work for them? What is the real problem they're trying to solve? What is their design challenge that design thinking can help them with? And for them, it's lesson planning and it's being able to help these kids learn this knowledge and then being able to assess, you know, where the students are with that. So I think it's really been able to crack that nut and being able to be open to allowing all those teachers feedback about the things that they're struggling with to enter into building that process instead of me just trying to like bestow like my great wisdom on top of them. Um, so I think that's been a real, for me, I'd say it's one of the proudest things I think that I've worked on. So. Uh, I sure appreciate that. What, what is the most important lesson you've learned over your career, Kathleen? Um, I think one, I mean, one of the most important lessons is believing in your idea. So and what I mean by that is when you're starting a company, uh, and especially in ed tech, not that many people are really familiar with, with the ed tech space as far as investors are concerned or um, angel, fun angel funders. Or, um, and nor does sort of 
people who do typical like brick and mortar really understand well what's needed for education. A lot of people think, oh, you're just going to be a nonprofit, or, or you're just, or you're just a passion project. I heard that multiple times. Um, but what I find is that it, you have to really believe in the idea that you have, that sort of core idea. And for me, the idea is, you know, how do you make design thinking accessible to everyone? And you have to be careful who you get your advice from, or who you take opinions from, because I kind of got caught up in the whole. Um, the whole kind of startup, like, oh, we'll do a web application and, you know, we'll do this thing and then all of a sudden magic happens and you're, you know, Google buys you, right? So you get that sort of trope all the time, especially about five or six years ago. Um, and so I took some advice that probably wasn't the best advice. Um, and then I really realized that, okay, if, if I'm really wanting to do something for bringing this to everybody and I see teaching as a way to do that, well, maybe teachers are the ones whose opinions I should actually be valuing um, over, you know, my client is the one I should be valuing over listening necessarily to someone who's actually more concerned about, well, what's your exit strategy? Which is really kind of the wrong question to ask, especially when you're just getting started. I think especially in ed tech because it really is much more of a, much more of, it is much more of a, a passion driven experience because I think people really do want to help students and teachers to do better and to get kids prepared. So it's a very different, you know, it's a very different way of thinking about how do we build a company as compared to I'm going to build an app and flip it. It's a very different, it's a very different way to think about things. So. I would Excellent. Yeah. Well, uh, Kathleen, you, you could be doing anything. Uh, why did you choose this? That's a really good question. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen my career as kind of an evolution of things. I mean, some people might say like, okay, so you were doing kind of case management, social work and activism uh, for an advocacy for mental health work. And then you went and made the switch to design. And, you know, the design work that I was doing was based, was working with mostly high, high tech and bioscience companies to be able to design their spaces, mostly in the Boston 128 area. So I learned so much from my mental health work because I was coordinating services. So it was project management, but it was human-based project management. And then I moved to design-based project management, which is a different kind of hybrid of taking people's ideas and making them real, but within like, how do I help make their work environment the best place to be? And how do I get the best out of people in that space? And then I was a professor um, and looking at, well, how do I now teach these concepts and these ideas that I've learned into doing this. And what I found is that I felt, I found that I could have continued just being a professor, but I really wanted to get back to that K-12 space because that's where I felt like I could have a bigger impact was working where this knowledge was not being introduced. And it also wasn't being unpacked in a way that was going to benefit teachers. I feel like with the development of the Crayon Set Go, which came from like a fifth grade teacher asking me to take this, this idea of what's project-based learning and design thinking, can you make us a graphic organizer? And that's basically how Crayon Set Go started. And I went from moving from a, you know, a very deep, complicated web application to making this paper product that allows teachers and students to be able to actually hold design thinking in their hands and be able to wrap their head around it. 
so I think what's so exciting about moving into this entrepreneurship space is that I get to take ideas that my teachers are having and turn them directly into things that can be helpful tools. And I think I like, I like that sort of process of testing and creating new things with them and being able to get out there and constantly evolving the way I talk to teachers, how I would do trainings and institutes with them. I think it's much more dynamic than just being like, I'm going to teach the same class over and over again and maybe pick a different project type. You know, there's something more dynamic and I really find that really exciting. Um, and so that's, I think that's why I sort of continue doing this and, and now just seeing people like where they're like, oh my God, I get this now, where they didn't get it before. That spark, I think really, really kind of helps fuel me to like, okay, what, what else can I be doing for you? What, what's the next thing you need after this? How can I help you with that? So it, it, it really feeds itself. It's kind of cool. Excellent. Well, Kathleen, what is your superpower? Uh, I was thinking about this. Um, some people would say I have the divergent thinking of five-year-olds. Um, that's one of them. Um, but I would have to say, um, on a more kind of technical level, is I'm really good at helping to translate uh, between systems. So I'm really good at taking what somebody might need in something that they're wanting and being able to say, okay, this is how you break that down. And this is how this can actually, these are the places where you could actually use this. Um, so being able to, ha I've done that in the mental health field uh, with helping individuals be able to negotiate the, um, both the public health and the private health care system back in like the nineties. I did it with helping people to translate their ideas and how they want their business to be into actual physical space. And now I'm doing it with how do I take this design thinking um, process and be able to bring that into education. I'm hoping also to be able to maybe see leveraging as how to take the design process and use a similar kind of process for bringing it into business where I think people are starting to do it, but I think it's a very it's been very difficult to translate that for, I think, people who have been in business for a while. Um, yeah. Really leverage the process. So um, without it sort of being like this high level kind of design speak, designer speak, which I think tends to turn off a lot of people. Um, so. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, Kathleen, I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Before you go, we take just a moment and tell people how they can learn more about Create and Builder and how they can connect with you personally. Um, I would recommend people going to the Create and Set Go website, which is www.creatomsetgo. It's a little weird spelling. Um, I would also, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Creatum Builder, uh, and you'll you'll see sort of our little um, logo there. And then you, I also am on both um, Facebook at, at Creatum Builder, and then Kathleen Fritz. I think it's Kathleen Fritz 37, I think, is who my actual handle is for Facebook. So, okay. Yeah, please connect up. Well, fantastic. Kathleen, again, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today. We wish you every success in helping to teach more kids about the important skills of design thinking. Thank you so much for having me, Deb. I appreciate it. All righty. Let's do some good. A Caring Crowd, we believe everyone has the power to make a difference. Through our crowdfunding platform for community health, we empower passionate people to drive real change. 
Whether you work for a nonprofit organization, volunteer, or want to get involved for the first time, you can post a campaign on Caring Crowd. Join us, because caring is where change begins. Thank you for listening. Devonthorpe's mission is to end extreme poverty, improve global health, and mitigate climate change before 2045 by finding and sharing the stories of those who are doing the most good. You can join with other listeners to accelerate Devon's mission by visiting helpdevon.org right now.